Today we're talking about heroes. I want you to know that was a lot more epic from up here because the bass is under this stage, so that was really like getting me pumped up. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. I, I just want to start by saying it is, it's really good to be with you. Um, I, th- I think sometimes we can take for granted the opportunity that we have to come together and worship God together. And, and I don't want us to take that for granted today. I believe that God wants to do something in us and through us. And, and so thank you for being here this morning. Um, and, and today we're talking about heroes. We're going to be um, looking at Hebrews chapter 11. There's a, Hebrews chapter 11 is a list of the heroes of the faith. There, there's a whole list of them, and we're working our way through that list in this series, and, and we're looking at the stories of, of the heroes in our church as well. Um, and so it was great to, to celebrate with Annette. And I believe, I said this last week, I believe that each and every one of us is called to be a hero of the faith. So we did this last week. We're going to do it every week. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you are a hero. All right, now turn and say it like you mean it this time. You are a hero. Very good. Yeah, that was, that's good. Listen, I believe, I believe that every single one of us has the ability to be a hero, not superpowers or the ability to fly or, you know, it, it doesn't mean we're going to knock down buildings or anything like that, but, but I believe with God's power, with God's power at work in us, that if we will be obedient and faithful to God, that we will be heroes of the faith. And, and I just want to say, looking around, I mean, I, as I look around this, this congregation, there are heroes all around it, people that have, have been faithful, and, and there are young people over here and, and spread out throughout, and they would look at some of you as heroes. We are called to be heroes of the faith. Annette told a little bit of her story, uh, and in her story, you heard just a, a little piece of the journey that she's been on, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is the journey of becoming a hero of the faith, a journey of our faith growing. And so Annette's story is very similar to mine. She said, uh, you know, she talked about having grown up in the church she, she grew up her whole life in the church, and she went to the altar and prayed, and, but there was this process that she went through. There was this journey, and, and, and then just a little while ago, she came to the place where she was just ready to say, I surrender it all, Lord. We're all on this journey together. The truth of the matter is, there's a progression there. I believe that Jesus saves us the moment we believe, but then there's this journey of growing faith. I, I grew up, I, I don't remember a time when I was not a follower of Christ. My father was a pastor from when I was two years old um, and, and is still, still ministering. And, and I don't remember a time where I wasn't a follower of Christ. But I can tell you that through the years, I had quite a journey of building my faith. I am still on this journey of having my faith built stronger and stronger and so today, as we, as we look at what it means to be a hero, I want you to understand that, that you are on this journey with Annette, with myself, with these biblical characters, that God is working in you to make you a hero. 
There was probably a point, and maybe for some of you this hasn't happened yet, but there was probably a point for a lot of us when we said, God, I trust you, I want to live for you, and we accepted Christ, and, and that was the beginning of our journey there. And I'm going to guess for almost, I'm going to guess for all of us that there have been quite a few bumps along the road. There have been some challenging times. Some of you may be walking through a challenging time right now. But I believe that God wants to bring us closer and closer. God wants to strengthen our faith so that we can be heroes for the world around us. We have an awesome responsibility, church, to be heroes of the faith. To, to do God's work. Deb talked about the redemptive work of God. We are called to be a part of that. And, and so today we're going to be looking at two biblical heroes, Abraham and Sarah. And we're going to look at their journey. And I hope you see from this, I believe that every single person in here will find yourself somewhere along this journey. And my prayer is that God will speak to us and that God will draw us further and our faith, that song we sang, call me deeper into the waters, build my trust. We are not, some of you are heroes, but none of us have made it to that, that point of perfection and that point that, that we don't need to grow any further. I believe that God wants us to grow even today. And so as we look in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, we see um, Abraham and Sarah's story. Abraham's name means father of a multitude, and that's going to come into play in this story. But that name, father of a multitude, is, is symbolic of the covenant that God made with Abraham that we're going to talk about today. That he would become the founding father of the Israelites, of God's chosen people. And, and so we're going to look at Abraham's journey of faith and Sarah's journey of faith alongside him as they start, as they grow and then towards the end, we're going to see this moment, one of the greatest moments of faith that's, that's ever happened. And so we'll start in Hebrews 11, um, chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. It says this, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So this is the first part. There's three different sections that we see that talk about Abraham's journey of faith. And this is the first part. This, this describes that moment that Abraham was called into faith. How many of you have experienced a moment where God called you to a faith or called you to something bigger than what you were a part of? I remember for me, it was my junior year of high school. I've told you this story before. I'm going to tell it really quick. But my junior year of high school, I was at church camp. And, and like I said, I had kind of grown up a follower of Christ. But I'll never forget that, that night of, of service at church camp that I felt like God. I was sitting in the back. You guys know me. I'm emotional. And I felt like God clearly said to me, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me in ministry. I want you to surrender yourself to what I have for you, not what you want. And tears coming down my face. I couldn't see where I was going. I walked to an altar and I said, okay, Lord, I'm in. 
I hope you've had that experience. Maybe it was just the call to say, hey, I want you to give your life to Christ. Or maybe you've been called to, to something else. And, and we come to this moment where, where God calls us away from our comfort zone, away from our plans to what God has for us. We see this here. Abraham's living with his family. Everything's fine. And God comes and says, follow me. Move out. Come out into this land and live. And so Abraham obeys. That, listen, when God calls you, the best thing you can do is obey. It says here in the scripture, Abraham that didn't even know where he was going. It says he, he was called to a place that he would later receive his inheritance. And he went even though he did not know where he was going. That, that night in Florida at church camp, when God called me, I had no clue where I was going. I just knew I needed to follow God. And I had no clue that that would take me to South Carolina. I had no clue that that would take me to Ohio. I had no clue that, that I would meet Megan and I would have four kids. And, and this whole, I definitely didn't have a clue I would have four kids. No way. <laughs> I had no clue where I was going. Abraham had no clue where God was calling him, but Abraham knew that when God calls, you obey. And so Abraham said, I'm in. And he packed up what he had, and he took the family, and he moved out into tents, into the desert. This is something that we can all relate with, I think. If you haven't felt that calling, I pray that you feel that calling today, that God calls you out to a life of following. But most of us can say at one point, we probably received that calling. God called us out of our comfort zone, our place, our desires, our life, and called us into a life of serving God. Our journey to faith always begins with God's calling for us to step out and follow him. So let me start with a simple question. Are you guys in? Are you all in on the calling that God has for you? Because Abraham was all in. He didn't say, let me think about it for a while. But when God said, Abraham, I want you to go, Abraham packed it up and he went. And we're going to see that's the best decision he possibly could have made. Are you all in for what God is calling you to do? You don't have to know where it's going. You don't have to know what the future holds. You probably won't know what the future holds. But are you all in for what God is calling you to do? Here's the thing. What God's calling to you to is greater than anything you can ever achieve on your own. Are you all in? Maybe some of you here today haven't made that commitment yet. I want to promise you that there is no better thing you can do today than to submit yourself to God and say, I will follow you, even if that means moving out into the desert, even if that means God calling us deeper into the waters where we can't stand, if you will follow God, there is no better place you can be. And so Abraham followed God. I love what verse 10 says. It says, he was looking forward to, a, to, to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. So God called him to something he had no clue. He said, come out here and, and live in this land. And Abraham moved out and he had no clue what was in store. But he was looking for what God was going to do. I don't know if you're there. I don't know if I'm all in. 
I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that God is building his kingdom and that that city is there and I know that there is nothing better for me than to be there. You may be a work in progress. Some of you may say, hey, I accepted Christ, but I am just struggling and struggling. I want you to know that God is calling each and every one of us today towards what God has for us. And that's better than anything we could ever have on our own. And so he stepped out. And then I'm I'm just going to quickly tell you his story. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But but Abraham stepped out and and, and they moved into the desert. And and then we see this part of the story where they go into Egypt. And you guys are really going to relate with this. I relate with this really well. So Abraham followed God's calling. He said, I'm in. And he obeyed and he walked out. But then when he goes into Egypt, we see this weird part of the story where they go into Egypt, but Abraham fears that he's going to be in big trouble because his wife Sarah is beautiful. And so he fears that the king of Egypt is going to hurt him to take his wife. And so, so what he does is he lies. And Abraham and Sarah lie and say, this is my sister, not my wife. And, and he doesn't trust God. So this is what I believe we can all relate with really well. Because I think most of us have probably been called by God. And we've accepted that call and we've stepped out. But I'm going to guess almost all of us have had a moment where, where we, our faith, didn't hold up to what it should have been. Maybe it was someone treating you in a bad way and, and you gave in and, and treated them in a bad way. Maybe it was a lie. Maybe it was something where you didn't trust that God was going to sustain you, so you took matters into your own hands. That's what we see here with Abraham is God calls him out and he's obedient, but then we see this bump in the road and he struggles. And, and listen, you may be a work in progress. You may struggle. There are going to be bumps in the road, but God is calling you to become a hero of the faith. And so that takes us to the second thing mentioned in Hebrews 11. This is verses 11 and 12. It says this, And by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man... And he as good as dead, that's not a really nice thing to say there, this one man and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. See, God came to Abraham and he said, if you will obey me, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And he gave Abraham this promise that if you will follow me, I will bless you and I will give you descendants. Can we just start by saying, that's ridiculous, right? Shouldn't God have chosen like a 20-year-old, like a strong 20-year-old to to build into this great nation? Why would God choose Abraham, who is almost 100 years old? It it describes him as as good as dead. How many of you sometimes feel as good as dead? Yeah. And God calls him to be the father of a great nation. And Sarah, who couldn't have children, we're talking about a couple that was too old and couldn't have children, and God says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. How's that going to happen? We can all probably relate with feeling like we're as good as dead and we don't have much to offer. But I believe that God is calling us to be heroes of the faith. And as we're going to see today, that when God calls, God is faithful. 
And so God calls him. God makes this promise to Abraham. And in chapter 12 of Genesis, he makes the promise that he's going to be a great nation. It makes no sense. In chapter 15, God promises to give Abraham a son. It makes no sense. He has no heir to his throne. And, and God, he's questioning. He's saying, God, you told me you were going to make me into a great nation, but I don't have any children. How's that going to happen? And God says, you are going to have a son. And here we see another bump in the road. Because a little bit more time passes. God has promised to make Abraham into a great nation. He's promised to give him a son. But what we see is the next bump in the road, and that's where Abraham and Sarah do not have the faith to wait on God, and they take matters into their own hands, and once again, their faith fails them, and, and what happens is Sarah offers Abraham um, Hagar, his, his slave girl, and says, have a child with, with this girl, and, and they do that, and they take matters in their own hands, and they complicate things, and they, they mess things up big time. And so what we see is he stepped out, he's obediently followed God, he said, I'm all in, let's go. And then we see bumps, and then we, say, we see promises from God, and then we see bumps. And in chapter, in chapter 17, God comes to Abraham again and he says, I promise that you are going to have a son through Sarah. Let me just take a side note. I know for those of you that are biblical scholars, and that's a lot of you, that it's Abram and Sarai, and then they turn into Abraham and Sarah. I'm it's too complicated for me to figure out when to say what. But God comes again and says, you are going to have a son by Sarah, by your wife. You blew it there. But my promise still stands, and you will have a son. And we see in chapter 18, what is Sarah's response? She laughs. Have you ever had God tell you something, and you laughed like... God, yeah, right. You think so? She laughs. And then she lies about laughing. Once again, we see these bumps in the road. But in chapter 21 of Genesis, some time passes by. God fulfills his promise and Sarah gives birth to Isaac. And so this promise of God, God called Abraham out. And all of these bumps in the road, but God's promise to Abraham still stood. And Sarah, eventually, God's promise was fulfilled in the birth of Isaac. And so we see now, like if you're following this journey, at first it was like, God, that makes no sense. Abraham and Sarah are the wrong choice. That's not going to work. And then we have crisis of faith, and God says, I'm going to do it. And guess what? God did it. And Isaac came. And so... If you're Abraham at this point, you're probably feeling pretty good, right? You're feeling like, hey, this is, this is where I should be. And, and so, so the, we see this moment where Abraham is finally seeing God's promises fulfilled. And then there's this crazy thing that happens in chapter 22. God comes to Abraham and he says, I want you to take Isaac, the heir to your nation, the, the, the child that through that child I am going to make you into a great nation. He says, I want you to take Isaac, your only son, and I want you to give him back to me through a sacrifice. That makes no sense. Abraham says, I'm all in. I followed you. And I waited so long for you to fulfill your promise and here your promise is fulfilled in Isaac and now you're asking me to turn around and sacrifice Isaac back to you? Let's see what happens. 
In Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19, it says, By faith, when, te- when God tested him, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. And so what we see is God calls him to this ridiculous thing. God, I trusted you. I waited, I waited, and here comes Isaac, and finally your plan is going to happen. And God says, I want you to sacrifice Isaac back to me. And what we see is at this point, Abraham's faith has been tested and tested, and he's failed, and he's learned his lesson, and he's blown it, and he's learned his lesson. And what we see through that is that when we trust God and we follow God, we grow in our faith. When we follow God, even when there's bumps in the road, even when we blow it, if we will continue to follow God and be faithful, God will increase our faith. And we come to this huge moment in chapter 22 where God asks Abraham to give his one and only son. Think about how precious Isaac must have been to Abraham. If you've got children, that's not hard to do because our children are precious to us. But this is the promised child through whom God is going to build Abraham into a great nation. This is the child. And God says, I want you to give him back to me. And at this point, Abraham was called out and he obeyed, but he had crisis of faith and he was tested and he failed and then he grew and he, he grew in his faith. And we see in chapter 22 that Abraham is finally at a place where he's ready to submit everything to God. And he says, God, if you ask for my son, I believe in you, I trust in you, I have faith in you, and I will do what you call me to do. And so Abraham takes his son, and he's ready to sacrifice him. And God stops him and provides another sacrifice. But what we see is that Abraham gives everything to God. I think I, there's something in here that I think we need, to, we need to see. Sometimes when God calls us to something, when God's doing something, whether that's a ministry, whether that's something in your life that God's called you to, sometimes those things can become bigger than God. And if God has called you and if you followed God, maybe you're in a ministry, maybe you've, you've started something, maybe you've got a relationship that God is working through, sometimes those can get in the way of us having true faith in God. And what we see in chapter 22 is that God says, Abraham, I need to know that I have all of you. And so I promise this to you and you've walked this journey, but I need you to give me Isaac. And Abraham says, everything I have is yours. And so what we see is God calls us to a life and then there's this process of growing and we grow in our faith through these challenges and these bumps in the road. But what we see in Abraham is this greatest moment of faith and and maybe history when Abraham says, I will give you the child that you blessed me with that you said you would use to make me into a great nation. I will give this child to you because I have faith 
and I trust you. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm on my journey. I can't imagine. I can't imagine God calling me to do something like this. I can't imagine God coming to me tomorrow and saying, hey, you followed me faithfully, but I need you to give your child. But Abraham had grown in his faith. And at this point, he's ready. And he says, God, I will give you anything. We become heroes of the faith when we fully submit everything to God in faith. We become heroes when we fully submit everything to God in faith. It can't be ours. It can't be my ministry. It can't be my journey. It has to be God's. And so what we see is that God is working in Abraham's life and his faith is growing. And he comes to the place that he says, God, I don't even know what you're doing, but I fully trust you. We are called to be heroes of the faith. And I believe that we are called to fully submit everything we have to God. You know what that includes? That includes your family. That includes your plans. That includes your ministry. That includes this church. We have to give everything to God and trust that God is faithful. And the good news is this. God is faithful. And so I want to take a second. He's on this journey God worked in his life, and he came to a point that he was a hero in the faith. And I just want to stop and, and give a side note real quick. Because I think that our journey, I think what we saw in Annette's story, I think what we see in each story, I think what God is doing in your life is so vastly important. What we see in Abraham's journey is that his obedience to God, his growth and faith led to God's people being in the promised land. This is a really cool part of the story, but when God called him out into the desert, guess where God was calling him? Into the promised land, what would later be known as the promised land for the Israelites. He didn't even know that. God called him to something greater than he could ever think of on his own. And when he was faithful... God blessed him. Think, we're, it's thousands of years later and we're talking about Abraham. That wouldn't have happened if he was living for himself. And so I just want to stop and I want to tell you, like, I, I don't believe that we can take promises that were made to Abraham and apply them to ourselves as if God is calling us. But I do believe that your decision to have faith in God, your decision to fully submit yourself to God, has generational impact in it. It has generational impact. There, those of you that are parents, hear me very careful. Your faith is more than just you checking a box and saying, I'm going to go to heaven. Your faith matters to your children and your grandchildren someday. It, it goes on generationally. You have no clue how your faith is going to impact others. A couple weeks ago, I interviewed some of the kids and teens about heroes, and I asked them some questions. And one of, the, one of the teens, when I asked them who their hero is, they said, it's my grandpa, because he was the one who started our family along this journey of faith. He didn't even know he was doing that. He was just following God. But when you follow God, God blesses, and generations are impacted through your heroic faith. And so I want you to understand today that what's on the line here is huge. It's huge. 
We are God's chosen method to reach our community, to reach the others around us in our lives. And I believe that if we will be heroes of the faith, God will bless generations to come. And so the big question today is this. How do I become a hero of the faith? How do I get that faith that Abraham and Sarah had? How do I get that faith to become a hero and to change generations? I want to go to Romans chapter 4. This is pretty cool. Abraham is such a hero that that Romans, in, in the book of Romans, there's a whole chapter devoted to talking about his faith. That's pretty good. There's no chapter about me, right? Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 25, it says this. Against all hope, Abraham, listen, this is, the, the wording in this is amazing. Listen to this. Against all hope, Abraham, what's the next two words? In hope. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being, this is key, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it says it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justifications. There is so much in this. And I think it's important for us to hear today. Number one, it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope. I want you to understand today that it doesn't matter how hopeless what God calls you to do seems. It doesn't matter how, it, how much it doesn't make sense, how many roadblocks there are. Even when it's hopeless, you can live in hope because you have God by your side. In hopelessness, we can live in hope. And then verse 20 says, he did not waver in his faith. He was strengthened in his faith. How did he not waver and how was he strengthened? Let's look at verse 21. It it says, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. One of the commentaries I read said this, faith is always strong or weak depending on how we perceive the object of our faith. It has nothing to do with the circumstances. It has nothing to do with how big the obstacle is. Your faith completely depends on your view of God. Do you understand that? If you know God's power, you know how great God is, you can have faith no matter what you face. See, we're good at looking at what we face and counting the odds, right? Are you good at counting the odds? We know how many people are against us. We know exactly what we have to go through to get to where we're at. You can just talk to anyone about what's going on in their life and they'll say, well, I'm dealing with this sickness, I'm dealing with this, or if you're in a situation, that guy's against me and that person. We are good at counting the odds. 
And sometimes we fall into the trap that thinking the odds dictate our faith. But the truth is, our faith should be dictated by our knowledge of God. The odds don't matter. It doesn't matter. We have God. And we can trust. And so Abraham's faith is strengthened. Why? Because he knows and is fully persuaded that the God who called him can do whatever God calls him to do. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know where you're at in your journey. I don't know if you're at the beginning, if you haven't even started, or if you've been a Christian your whole life and you're trying to follow God. I don't know where you're at. But I know this. The God that called you is more than enough and is faithful when God calls. And it doesn't matter what you face. God is able. And so God is calling us to grow in our faith. God is calling us to to grow closer, to understand, to have this heroic faith. And I believe that that starts with following God, with submitting ourselves to God, with being obedient and learning from our mistakes, because we make mistakes. But I believe that the more we follow God, the more we're obedient, the more we will know God and we will see God's power evident in our lives. I could tell you story after story of the ways that God has taught me to have faith. And Abraham comes to this place where he says, listen, I know this makes no sense. I know the odds are against me. I know that if I sacrifice my son, that's the only hope we have of No, it's not the only hope, because God is the hope. I want you to hear this today. I say these things a lot, but I want you to hear this. We serve the same God today. The God that calls you is the same God that called Abraham. The God that calls you is the same God that gave them Isaac. The God that calls you, the God that you're following, is the same God that made Abraham, who was as good as dead, into a great nation. And I really love this. In in verse 24, it says, But also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. So listen, we have the benefit of the Bible, all of these stories. More than anything, we have the benefit of knowing that Jesus, God's only Son, died on a cross, but not just died on a cross, raised to life because God defeated sin and death. And so today, if we know God's power, if we know who God is, if you're faithful to obey him and to follow him and to trust him, there may be bumps in the road, but God is strengthening our faith. And God wants us to have a faith of heroes And so I don't know where you're at on your journey today. If you've never followed God, if God's never called you out of that place, my prayer for you today is just this, that you will say, God, I trust you and I want to follow you. A lot of us, I'm guessing, are in a place where we've been following God, but maybe we've had bumps in the road and we want to be a hero. We want to make a difference on our kids and 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 the future generations. My prayer is that we will be obedient to trust God And to obey what God calls us to. And my prayer is that we will become heroes of the faith. That someday, 
Someone will look back, and this isn't about credit, but somebody will look back and say, man, God was working so long ago, and because of his or her faith, God did this amazing thing. God is going to do great things. I promise you, Westchester Church, God is going to do great things. We need to grow in our faith. So the band's going to come up and we're going to sing a song. I was, I was running this week, early this week, I was running and I was working on this sermon and I was reading these scriptures and this song came on my headphones and I cry here, but I'm the crazy guy that runs around the neighborhood crying. Because sometimes there's bumps. And sometimes I don't see where God's going. But God is faithful. And God is going to work through you, through me, through this church. We just have to be obedient and faithful, Father. Give us the strength. Help us to see you. Help us to experience your power so that when you call us, there's no question. We're all in, Lord. Lord, we offer ourselves to you today. I don't know where each person's at. I don't know what they're dealing with. But I, my prayer today is each and every one of us would say yes to you and would follow you no matter what it is that you're calling us to. Give us strength, Lord. Build our faith, Lord. Help us to be heroes for you. We love you, Jesus. We submit ourselves to you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.